Hey friends, Mike Shea from Sly Flourish here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy GM Prep. Today, we are going to dive into my Numenera game. I have been running a Numenera campaign called The Fourth Emperor. This show, like all of the work of Sly Flourish, is brought to you by the patrons of Sly Flourish. If you want to help support shows like this and get access to all kinds of exclusive material, previews of upcoming stuff, and help me out with all of this, you can do so by becoming a patron of Sly Flourish. The link is in the show notes below. To the patrons of Sly Flourish, thank you all so much. So yes, I am running a Numenera campaign called The Fourth Emperor. Numenera is, I think, I don't know. I really love the Numenera. I love the Cypher system. I love Numenera. It's, it's, I don't want to say it's my like favorite RPG because I love D&D too. But boy, it's really, really good. I love, I'm, I'm enjoying it thoroughly. And I'm learning a lot about it running a longer campaign in it, right? And that's, my, my players have been having a good time. I've been having a good time. We really, we really like it. So yeah, in the last session of the campaign, by the way, I am using Notion to do all of my campaign planning. So if you're wondering, wow, what tool is he using to do all this stuff? This is Notion and I have a Notion campaign template that I use and you can learn all about Notion from, I have links to the template and links about using Notion for campaign planning in the show notes below. I really like it. I use it a lot. I use it for all my campaigns. I use it as, as a player. And it's just a fantastic tool for doing this kind of thing. All free. And you can make it look pretty. Look at all my pretty art. So yeah, the last time they were on their way back from the Temple of Faradon. And they, uh, so they, the, the, so the, the situation is the, the fourth emperor, very powerful entity known as the fourth emperor is returning to the world after having been dormant for many millions of years. And the characters are starting to discover that it's that calls are happening and things are occurring that are bringing back this bringing back this super powerful entity. And they were they they went to a place known as the Temple of Faradon to rescue a friend of theirs named Kimli. Kimli had been overtaken by nanites that had made her start to talk about this fourth emperor and then went to the temple. So they went to the temple to get her. They got her. They got, they captured her and another, another Nana, Nano, who was also serving the fourth emperor. They are known as walkers, the walkers of beyond. And they saved Kimli, saved the world. So they saved Kimli, and that might be true, actually. Kimli might have information that's really valuable to them. They made their way back. They saw this like out of phase weird sphere and these strange creatures that were like fighting among themselves. And they said, yeah, never mind. And they just walked around them and skipped them. So I was like, okay, that's fine, right? And I didn't spend a lot of time building that encounter, so I don't mind that they didn't do it, right? Very, very interesting. I had a DM of mine yesterday where we bypassed an encounter with a charisma check, and he said something along the lines like, well, that was 30 minutes well spent, <laughs> right? And it was like, eh, sometimes they do it. So, you know, spend as little time on the encounters that you think they might be able to bypass because they're not really worth it, and be ready to improvise when they, when they do. So that was, the, there was these Taraja, Taraja creatures. <clears throat> so they then made it back to Badrav. They had some downtime. They, they sort of, we made a location for them. They have a home base now that they, one of the buildings in the city of Badrav that they have kind of been building out of their own. I had each of the players describe like something about it that they liked some some feature of it that either supported their character or that the rest of them liked. They did re repair the Virtus below Badrov. So they used this canister of special nanites that could be used to repair a Virtus and they used it to fix a Virtus. And now they have a way to log into the, the data sphere of the fourth emperor. But they were like, well, we don't know what that's like. We don't know what happens if we log in there. So we're not going to, we're not going to data cast in because if we data cast in, we don't know what we're walking into. 
And they're, you know, smart move. So then I said, okay. And they, I offered up these other choices. I said, like, you can travel to the vault of Tacharin to recover nanites to save Kimli. You can travel to the sword hilt, Skybreaker 4, to figure out how it works and disable it. And then I also threw this other one out there that, that there's this village known as Violet Watch. And it's being that an Araglian, a, a, a like soldier of the Fourth Empire, walked into the town and said, give us all your, all of your people who are tied to nanos that that have we, we're going to examine all of you and we're going to determine that some of you are going to come and become walkers of beyond and the rest of you don't worry you'll get to serve as either labor or food and the, they were like no and they went and attacked him and he killed like three of them with like nothing at all and they're like holy cow so they sent somebody to badra they said help us we're going to get attacked this is a seven samurai sort of situation so they were interested in all three of these they said like wow these are all really good but they ended up saying like we're going to go with the one that we thought we were going to do which is go to the vault of takrin and recover the nanites to save kimli very cool. So that is where they are going to go. Again, we kind of got about half of the secrets we expended. They they did find out about the Temple of Cylindar, that there's another temple. And that that temple is also sending up a signal and they might, another, another herald, another herald of the fourth emperor might be showing up. So they're, they're afraid of that. What else did they learn? I think they learned this too, that they, that, that, that they're, they're, they were worried, like, if we fix Kimli, will she still be able to help us log into the Virtus? And that was a good question. Like, you know, I'm like, I don't know. You know, you know, I don't know. But yeah, they answered a lot of these, a lot of these secrets that I put in here. They had to answer. I like this idea of a Rorithic creed. We haven't had one of them come up yet. And I had this one that I struck through. A Taraja. Oh yeah, they. I had this one that I struck through because it's like, well, they they didn't talk to the Taraja, so they certainly didn't learn that. That was one where like the secret of the secret was tied to the source, but the secret was about the source, so it doesn't really count. Yeah. So we are. Let's let's get a new session for today today is 20 march we have six characters i think at least i think a couple of the players are not going to be able i know two of the players i think are not going to be able to do it today joe is joe is not going to be able to make it and juliet is not going to be able to make it so we might only have a few today but that's okay i've, I've run with three and it worked fine with three uh, we have Biko. Biko is an intuitive jack who rides the lightning played by pat i should know let's see Oops. Everywhere in the fray. Yeah, he likes to be kind of in the middle of everything. Uh, has bad luck. Uh, oh yeah, and, and so it can actually. So I don't, I don't really know a lot about Biko. I should, I should know more. I know a lot about Cecilia. Cecilia is from a an uh, a, a, an ancestry that ties back to the Fourth Empire. So she sees a lot of this stuff, and she like is both in awe of it and frightened of it at the same time. And that 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 works really well. Really likes the time span of things. Likes the nanites a lot and the, the nannies. Yeah, um, enjoyed the tapestry. Really interested in the history of the Ann Priest and something learning something we didn't know. So very, yeah, kind of, kind of lots of lots of interesting stuff here. She's very tied into the the story of what's going on with the Fourth Emperor. So very cool. We have Jad the Shade played by Joe, but he won't be there. So I think we can skip Jad. Juniper, oh, we can also skip because she, I know she won't be there. Nakia is the son of the head of the Aeon Priests in Badra. Kind of gets involved in a lot of different things. He's sort of a noble that's trying to learn about the real world. Pretty, pretty optimistic guy. And then we have Samji, who is a protective glaive. I, I think I've got a secret about Samji that I wanna that I wanna bring up. So Sam G is like a, a weapon of an old war that looks human and acts human, but is actually fully, fully mechanical, right? So very, so those are the characters. The strong start. So they are in Badrav. I could jump cut to them already on the way. I could have the introduction of a 
of the voice. The voice, what was it called? It wasn't the voice and it wasn't the mouth. The word. Let's take a look at the NPCs because I think I had the speaker. The speaker of the fourth, right? I think Kavix. Kavix, the speaker of the fourth, is going to holographically show up. I don't think I'm going to have him rocket. My thought was that he would drop rockets on and, and blow up parts of Bodrov. But I think I might hold back on that. I think he's just going to show up. And he's being projected from space. But I don't think they've armed the weapons up there yet. So the, the heralds of the fourth have satellites around the planet that are armed. And they can drop rockets down on pretty much any place on the planet if you don't get control. And that's something that they're going to have to deal with in the data sphere. They're going to have to hack those things. So I think a secret and clue could be um, the heralds of the fourth have satellites above the planet capable of emitting holograms anywhere on the planet. What else can these satellites do? So what, what is Kavix the speaker going to say? You are all now under the warm embrace of the fourth emperor. All of your worries are over. We will soon submit you all to determine your best, how you best serve the emperor. The good news is you will all serve somehow. In particular, some of you have an affinity or what do I, affinity for what? Uh, connection to Numenera and the nano, what do they call that in world? Some call you nanos. You will serve the emperor the best. So that's a good one. So the scenes are the coming of the speaker, then travel to the vault. I'll have some kind of fun scene there. And then... Uh, explore the vault. Uh, explore the vault to Tacron. And then on their way out, an urgent request for the town of Scarlet Watch. I think I'm going to push that one and have them come to Scarlet Watch on the way back. So that's a good one. I had mentioned that I wanted to have a secret for um, Samji. So Samji is just one of a number of sentient mechanic warriors known as, and I looked this up yesterday because I did a little bit of work and they are, where were they? Glistening soldiers, known as the glistening soldiers. This was from, let's see, glistening soldiers, bestiary three. Hang on, I gotta open that up in a new window, don't I? New Monera, bestiary three. So Glistening Soldiers, uh, yeah, the Glistening Army was an, an army that was built, uh, built long ago and abandoned. So this actually ties into an entire campaign uh, called the Jade Colossus. And I thought it might be fun to kind of tie that in. I don't know if I'm going to do anything with it, but I, I like the idea that there's actually more of Samji around. He is not the only one of his kind. And maybe there are ties in, in some of these other areas. Uh, what other... Okay, so one big secret is that the heralds of the fourth emperor seek nanos 
in particular because they are the most valuable in building up the fourth empire quickly. So nanos, nanos are much more efficient than other people at being able to build up the empire quickly. So, so that is good. Uh, is this a railroad or a sandbox game? It is. I mean, there is, there's something in between, right? It is, it, 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 the game evolves. There are, there are definitely quests and paths that the characters follow. They usually get multiple choices about which quest and path they want to follow. And the world sort of evolves depending on the quests and paths that they follow. So I don't know what you call that. I, it's not really a railroad. It's not really a sandbox. It's a woven tapestry of, of an evolving, an, it's an evolving adventure. So uh, what other, what other secrets do we have? Who made the vault? Oh, so there are sentient beings who have gone over the top with their integration of nano, of, of Numenera, a rail box. I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a, I don't know that, you know, the term, I got to be honest, like the terms like railroad and sandbox, they don't really mean a whole lot. Like we could just sit and argue about what those even mean. And I don't know that that's a fruitful conversation, right? Like, I don't think it were, you know, I don't know. I don't, I've seen so many different like people about defin defining what they are and what they're not negative connotations that are applied to them and all sorts of stuff. And, and I, I, I think like, I don't know. Our campaigns are unique. I know that I like to make sure that the players have choices about the directions that they go and the kind of content they want. And, but I also want to make sure they have things in front of them that they care about. I don't, I don't want them to just kind of go any direction that they want to go. Sandbox, of course, has a boundary on it. So I don't know. I don't think the labels are particularly, are particularly useful. Uh, sentient beings have gone over the top of the integration of Numenera. Some shambling, some become shambling horrors. Some become dream walkers who just, who become inanimate and think big thoughts. I think that is kind of interesting. So we're, we're gonna come back to our secrets and clues and stuff like this and jump to locations because this is a very location sort of centric thing. So we have the Vault of Tacharin here. Oh, let's open this a new page. We have a picture of the vault. I like this idea you kind of go across these planes and you see these like weird constructs, like, you know, almost like or clearly consciously made but yet organic constructs. And I think there's, there's a couple of paths in. There's like a river that is cut kind of through it. Some of the places have collapsed, but then there's also sort of a, a front, you know, a front area to the vault. So a big, some big questions. Who made the vault and why? What sort of things are in the vault? What's the connection between this vault and the fourth empire? I think one of the secrets is that Kimley knew uh, that her mind was going, was being taken over and sought a cure before she lost her faculties. She knew that the vault held a canister, held nanites capable of breaking the nanites of the voice. Right, so she she's lead, she led them here before she got taken over. She she knew that she like inhaled this stuff and had to try to find it, and she used the Virtus inside the Temple of Faradon to look for a place to find it and found this. So I think that that I think that that can work. Oh, a big one, a big mystery that there is there was a so something 
shattered the empire, shattered the fourth empire. Something shattered the fourth empire after millions of years, right? After millions of years of control. Almost no, no records exist of what did it. But there's almost a complete dark age for millions of years after, millions of years after the fourth empire fell. Even the data sphere was cold, was dark. Researchers into this phenomena, right? Into this fall. I don't even know why I thought I would ever be able to spell the word phenomena. Uh, call it the hex. So where's that coming from? The hex. So one of the, I did a little bit of homework yesterday. I talked earlier about reading monster books. And I said, you know what I should do is read the monster books to Numenera. So I read five. I read D Destiny, Discovery, and then the three bestiaries. And I was looking for things in there that I thought I could, I could use. And I created this fourth empire emperor bestiary. And one of the things in here is the hex, which is in bestiary one. The hex is on page 64. I guess not quite on page 64. There it is. A clan-like organization, it is a virus, it is an army, it is a group mind, is it a curse? It is all of these things. So it's the idea like this are, are like a different kind of nanite, I guess. It's certainly nano, nano tide that spreads like crazy. And it's, you know, it is the chaos to the, uh, it's chaos to the order of the empire, right? Compared to the order of right and it's incredibly dangerous right like the the hex is incredibly dangerous and the idea that they have these hexons who are like warriors who serve the group i think they are are they the ones that can't spread things uh they have different the hex stingers which look like little insects again we have sort of have this insect thing going on and they're only two but they spread but they can they they create the venom that turns people into uh, you know, that can kind of turn people into hexons, right? So I think that this, th I, I like this idea because I like that there is an enemy, there's an enemy to the fourth empire that may be even worse, but it's like, but it also might be your way of stopping the fourth empire. Like, how do you do both, right? And, you know, I guess like, like, like the fourth empire, the hex exists in both the real and in the data sphere, right? Unlike the fourth empire, it does not reach into the outside. So I'm like doing great on secrets, but I got nothing to run, right? Like secrets alone aren't enough to run. I need to know like, oh, so you know what we should start with? Like, let's start with, okay, what, what happens when they travel to the vault? And I like, I like, it's fun. For me, it's like a fun Numenera thing to say you, you run into an interesting location and you see an interesting, some interesting creatures and maybe you deal with them, maybe you fight them, maybe they help you, who knows? So we will, for this, I need a couple of things. I need my science fantasy generator. This is a, one of the many things available to patrons of Sly Flourish. It is part of Sly Flourish's Uncovered Secrets Volume 2, which is sort of a whole bunch of different things to help you run your, your, your D and D and fantasy RPGs. So I got that. And then I need, we're going to do bestiary three because bestiary three has good random tables in it. So let's start with a, 
location. So what we do is we want to have a monument, right? We want to, like while they're climbing through the lands, they run into a monument. And for this, we're going to grab four D20s and we're going to roll them and put them over here. So I'll stay on mic. Three, seven, one, and 15. Three is an archway. I love archways. Seven is a ringing archway. One, a ringing broken archway. An, a ringing broken AI-based archway. Let's, well, now I've moved all my keyboard around. I can't type. Whoops. Let's see here. So, ringing broken AI-based archway. So, it could be like a Virtus. It could be a Virtus that is like sitting in the middle of nowhere, right? That's pretty cool. Is there, let's see. So it's ringing. I'm going to give it another condition. I'm going to see 11. Ringing and oozing. Yeah, you know, ringing, oozing. So one thing is like that condition, you can keep rolling on it, right? They can, those, those can compound. You could just keep giving it conditions and get make it, make it weirder and weirder. All right, so we have a ringing, oozing, broken AI-based archway. That's interesting. Let's actually find some critters that are here. I have the difficulty of, so where is this? Is this, these are not ruins. We not woods or jungle. Plains and desert is pretty good. So am I using plane table A or B? I am gonna use A and I'm gonna roll. This is on planes A and I got, oh shoot. You know, when you tilt the dice box, you can't see what you rolled. 63, I bet that first one. Fire discs. So fire discs, I think are in this one, right? And there they are. Armored plates that glow like embers cover this dog-sized creature's back and sides. The plates protect it from predators and any other creatures that hope to drive off the fire discs. And many, as many do, the fire discs ignites plains and forests. So it's all scorched around here. They eat at. Pretty cool. A wink of five fire discs is somewhat dangerous, but a migration can threaten a whole community. So they probably see a, and you could make armor out of their, that's interesting. They have fireproof, fireproof scales. Armor made from fire discs is medium armor, granting plus two armor in addition to in and an addition plus two armor for a total of four armor against fire damage. Okay, I wonder what it. I wonder how much it costs to make it. So that's kind of a fun. I mean, like you know, fire dogs, not bad. Westray three page, uh, page sixty one. That's not the most interesting Numenera creature I've ever seen before. So we're gonna we're gonna roll again. Let's see what I get. Table A again, and thirteen. Balikna. Balikna has that little onk looking thing. Nine. The original bestiary. Okay, which I think I have. You could have two creatures fighting. Large lizard-like creature has tall back spine, spike tail, legs that end in fierce. It has bad eyesight and hunts via sound thanks to a series of funneled ears. King of camouflage with the passive ability to change its pigment identical to match whatever object it rests upon becoming essentially invisible. During daylight hours, Balikna stays motionless and invisible. Hunts only at night. It is a level four. We could have a Balikna fighting a herd of these things, right? Another fun thing you can do with random encounters is, of course, roll twice and then have the two things fighting each other. So I guess the question is, is this another one where is this another one where the party is just going to avoid it? And I think it would be interesting that they 
uh, that the, the shattered archway, this weird sort of biomechanical archway is broken and they can tell that there are useful ciphers in the archway. So have a reason to come visit this archway. And when they get there, I think fire discs will attack, but then the discs might get involved with Balikna as well, right? That, that could be kind of an interesting encounter. So I think, I think that, I think that would be fun, but then we get to the vault itself. So big question is how do you get into the vault? Right? Uh, and then we have, let's see, uh, locations and we have inhabitants, right? Big, the big things that we, that we have going on in this place. So is the front door, I don't, I don't think they could just walk right in. Right. I'm, 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 I'm assuming that the vault has some kind of protection to stop, but there is a back entrance, right? Like there, there is this cut that's cut through the back, but why has nobody else, why has nobody else gotten in or have they and not had any real luck? Like there's a lot of different sort of paths back here. Is it that the water is heavily acidic or there's something floating around in the water? You know, that, that, that could be right. There's like a weird red tinge in the water. That could be, that could be kind of interesting. So we have like the front door and the front door is sealed. So, so we want to have a group, probably it's a few hundred years, like the history of this place, right? Is that it's a few hundred years old. And it is one, I, I, I kind of like the idea. So there's, there is a couple of creatures that I saw in this bestiary that I really liked. And one of them is there's like, let's see if I can find them here. Uh, really, really old creatures that are like liches, right? There's like people that have sort of poured themselves into, into biomechanical stuff so much. So there's the vow, but I don't think it's a vow. I think actually vow might have, have something else. But there was one that was like a space lich. Man, I can't find it. Damn, I went through all this trouble. I went through all this trouble to like, you know, record all of the creatures that I thought might be useful in this campaign. And then the one creature that I want to find, I can't find. I like that Karatu behemoth walking, walking apocalypse. Well, let's take a look at these. So we have Aragulan envoys, Mastigar, Mastigophers, more Aragulan. Engineered Viral Host, The Hex, which I'm going to be using. Relentless Reapers, Rorithix, Assassins from Assassins of the Outside, Arachnids of the Outside. The Mind Slayer, uh, Host Race, Horrific Beam, Fuse of Flesh and Beauty, Fusers, right? Lados, the Herald. Lados, Adjunct Herald of Lados, will probably bring them in. I keep calling it the Beyond, but it's actually the Outside. Biomechanical Insect Race, Mechanical Herald of the Fourth Emperor, Residual Output. Dimensional Hunters, Remote Avatars of Asarel. This is a whole other entity that could come in. Creators and Protectors of the Time Vaults, Thex. That could be cool. The Vow. Uh, here they are. Excogiates. Cogitates? Excogitates? I don't know how to pronounce that. Bestiary 3, page 158. This doesn't seem right. Page 58. There we go. Look at that. Isn't that cool? It's like a giant skull, right? Level seven giant skull. So I think the, this is somebody who has, so, I mean, this could be, the, it's called the vault of what? Vault of Takarin. So Takarin the Excogate, right? So so who made the vault? 
All right, we have Tacrin the the excogitate. The excogitate. Does that mean something? And we're gonna grab a screenshot of that guy, and we're gonna put him right in here. NPC. So he's probably a few thousand years old, right? A historian who cares little for affecting the world, but loves to know it and understand it. Knows about the hex and knows about the fourth empire. So it has a lot of history and they could probably convince it to tell them stuff. That could be, that could be pretty good. Sides in the vault of Tacron. Lives in both the real and in the data sphere, but has even expanded its consciousness, their consciousness, beyond either of those. So some things that I want to do in this location is I want to make sure, I want, to, I want them to get some stuff. So we need some treasure. And so I guess like, why can't they get through the front door and what would enable them to get through the front door? So Tech, Tacrin is in here somewhere. Where, where is he? Is he in that, he could be in that central chamber in the back with all the weird sarcophagi around. That could be interesting, right? On that lower right. What would he have in those? Or maybe they're, maybe they're just, you know, kind of chambers. Maybe he has his different bodies that he's had. Right? Maybe he resides like in a giant chrome skull in the center of this thing. But also maybe he has like different different bodies that he's possessed from time to time. That could be interesting. Um, where would the nanites be? Um, where would he where would he have stored the nanites? Could be in the laboratory in the upper right. So we have a few locations. So we have Tacron's crypt. We have the nanite lab. We have the weapons vault. What other what other kind of places would he have? There's that big ruined chamber. The the ruined work not workshop. It was like an experimental. The ruined lab. That's where he like tested big things. And maybe there's some kind of crazed machine in there. Uh, that could be interesting. If you were an ancient historian, the crystalline library. Right. He's got this like Superman style library. So if you were if if you were like a you know aeon aeon old historian selfish historian who had like basically pulled your entire personality out of your body and now kind of like floated around and thought big thoughts you know you could have the ori of the the ori of the outside that could be fun right he has kind of an ori of a, of other worlds you know what other where what other places back when you gave a damn about your physical presence and let's say you haven't you haven't cared for thousands of years it's almost like what a lich would have like what are the kinds of things you know again like what would a lich have well they have laboratories and they have treasure vault you know that central hall right hall of cuz all like super vain people have like look at all the cool crap i did accomplishments right throughout the ages, maybe even describing some of the ages or what they may have been. What other locations? How many, how many rooms do we have here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 11, 12, about 12 rooms. So I need one, two, three, four, 
five, six, seven, eight. So I need, you know, I could probably have like 12 rooms worth of stuff. Probably a hive, right? Like, like something, like some chamber here broke down and now there's a hive, right? I don't know. I don't know of what, but there's a hive of something back in here. Does he have his own? There might be a Virtus, right? Data sphere Virtus. And you can activate it here, right? And then they could real cast back from here, right back. Like they, they can now come to and from this place through through the data sphere. That would be pretty cool. What else would a Aeon old vain selfish historian keep in their in their vault? What kind of stuff would they would they like? I don't know why I have that subheader there. I don't know. These are all pretty good. They could have a portal to the outside, right? Archway to the outside. It'll be super dangerous. Like you step through and you probably just explode because the pressure differences and stuff. You would, of course, have like maintenance closets and halls, like where where the things you need are kept, like a chemical, you know, you could probably harvest, you know, harvest some stuff from there. Sir, like like chamber of the servant he probably has some kind of powerful servant right that's following him so that works so we know that there's Takarin himself but what other what other kind of things could be there so i think i'm just going to pop open let's see i guess we could pick any of the bestiaries we will roll randomly are we going to use numenera discovery or are we going to use one of the three bestiaries we are going to use bestiary three so let's go to bestiary three we already have bestiary three open that is, which one is that? That's regular bestiary. That's bestiary three. So, uh, oh, it's slow. So what kind of, so we're looking for in particular, we're looking for in particular creatures that would have broken into this place. Look at that. That's gory. Creatures that would have broken into this place or creatures that would reside here. An interesting thing, they, they like have creatures broken down by level, but I don't know what value that is because there's no real encounter balance in this thing anyway. I think it's acting slow. Oryxes, prior world. Look at that thing. It's crazy big. The Argots could be a pet. It's pretty powerful, level six, right? What if these are like two pets? Um, they're proud, proud creatures that do not like being treated like pets. Maybe not. Still pretty cool. There's a big frog. There's like flying intestines. That's interesting. Awakened relic. Ooh. An ancient ruin comes awake, detaches from its parent structure, begins to wander. So you can have an awakened relic. That, that sounds cool. They're what? They're like they're level eight. Whoa. Uh, Oracle thing. Big cows. Bazvet Explorer is an, a piece of an ancient war machine. Infiltrator. No. Bogs. It's interesting they, they wove these into this book. These, these kind of things are fun, right? Like they're not going to be hard. But sure get swarmers. I already forgot the page number, 34. This is one of the one of the problems problems with Numenera. It's like everything is so weird that you don't really have a metaphor to fall back to. So when you're like filling out a location with monsters, I mean, it's like, what the hell is this thing, Right. The, the Colmaferin, like you're never going to remember these. Like I skimmed through all these books yesterday and I still don't remember all this stuff, but I was looking for different things yesterday. I was looking for like things from the fourth empire, creeping clay, 
Sure. I mean, it's awfully yellow oozy, right? And you also want to say like, oh, I don't want them to just fight stuff that's like, like a D and D thing. Like, I don't really want just another ochre jelly. You know, you want them to fight like dinosaurs. Like, I didn't. You know, I mean, I guess. But like, do we really need a dinosaur? Dissector could be kind of cool. Forty-nine. A lot of crazy monsters. A lot of underwater things. Ethervores. Page fifty-seven. That could be like the kind of thing that's wandered in from that that lake. Could be could could work. That thing's cool. Felbus. I really should remember the page number when I'm flipping pages. Page sixty. I already saw those dudes. Gear weevils. Gluellies. So I think I've got enough. I am missing a lot, but I'm hoping that they'll get caught up with other things in particular. So I've got like some locations. I've got enough. I still don't know how they get in that front door. Do they just walk in? Is there, is there a creature? I mean, they could say like, yeah, there's a, there's a, you know, you can walk right in. There's nothing on the front door, but nothing that's gone in has ever come back out again. Right. It's really dangerous. So maybe they, they, they run into like explorers or something on the outside who tell them like, no, door's wide open. There's nothing there, but, but nobody. And that's because like the, the dissector gets you. Right. So that could be, you know, that could be something. Most everybody leaves it alone. They say it's haunted, you know, all kinds of stuff there. The, the water's, you know, bad and they could go in and find out. I've got a good, some good secrets. I don't know if I've got, do I got 10? It's close enough. I think I'm missing one secret. I got my vault. See, we got Tacharin and we've got the, uh, what's it called? The, the speaker, speaker of the fourth monsters. I've got, I tied my monsters in the location, so I don't need to have the monsters here. So I've got the, these guys, but I'll, I, I don't need them in the monster section because I already got that treasure. I'll probably roll randomly for treasure. I was hoping to spend some time looking in Numenera Discovery. Why do I have Numenera? Let's see. And pick some magic items. Let's do some real quick. And these would be artifacts, right? Because I want I want them to get some permanent some permanent stuff. And then we have quirks. It would be fun to kind of roll on these. I think I'll probably roll on these during the game itself. I think we'll we'll go pure random. That's not that's not the best way to do it. Sometimes you like it'd be better to roll sort of randomly ahead of time. But we've already gone well past an hour and I need to eat before we actually have our game. So we're gonna roll randomly during the game and see how that goes. And they might not get to a point where they're actually where they're actually looking at this yet. So yeah, so I I certainly do not feel as confident. I I I'm, I bet you I will feel confident more next week when they've actually gotten to this place and started to do stuff. And I know that they probably will not have finished the vault. The other thing I'm going to do is I'm going to give them four experience points just for discovering the vault, right? And once they find the vault, they'll get four and then they'll get another four when they've completed it. I'm going to speed up their progression a little bit because I don't know how long we're going to go and I want them to enjoy some of the some of the stuff that they've got. So yeah, it's a, it's a trick of sometimes you have to prepare more in an initial session and then less in a secondary session. In this case, I'm not giving it all the time that it really needs. So do I feel comfortable with it? Well, I, I, I'm okay with it. Like, I feel like I understand the vault attacker and I got a bunch of secrets, know some of the things that they could learn there that can, that can kind of propel things forward and, and I'll wing the rest.
you know, so we'll, so we'll figure it out. So I want to thank everybody for hanging out with me today. Always fun to be able to do some prep. I hope you're enjoying my, my prep for Numenera. It's kind of a different take certainly than what we're looking at for D and D games. And we will be back together next week. I'll tell you how things go. It could be like, wow, it was a disaster. Or no, it was great. It was fine. Probably the latter. And yeah, there we are. So have a great week, everybody. Thank you all so much for hanging out with me. If you enjoyed the show, you can help me out by subscribing to the Sly Flourish newsletter, subscribing to my videos on YouTube, supporting me directly on Patreon, or picking up any of my books. Thank you all very much. Have a great day. Uh, and get out there and play an RPG. Take care, everybody.